It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots. Hey, um, so today, Richard, we're going to talk about toxic fandom. Toxic fandom. Yeah. You know, I think we might have touched on this a little bit before, but it's just gotten so much worse, it seems oh, like, yeah. since then. So it just seems to get worse and worse. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Because, uh, so, all right, so, um... I've been I've been a fan of stuff for like a long time, but and I'm I'm a little critical of stuff sometimes, but not to the extent that some of these people go. And um, I'm going to talk about something today that's a little bit uh, literary, I guess you could say, to kind of talk about what I think this is and what where I think the root of it comes from. Um, we were talking about this uh, at our breakfast. We usually meet for breakfast with some guys. Some great guys uh, for our Sunday school class, and um, it's on Fridays, Friday mornings, and it's really good to talk to those guys. That's, they're they're great. Um, but in the conversation, something came up, and uh, we kind of got around to talking about this. There's this thing called, well, it's written 2,400 years ago. It's uh, Plato's Allegory of the Cave, and basically, in a synopsis, the cave is he describes a cave. Plato describes a cave. Um, through Socrates or whatever. It's like Socrates and his student. And he described this cave. And in the cave, there's a person sitting at the back of the cave who's shackled there, who can't look at anything but the back of the cave. And behind them in the cave is a fire. And in front of that fire, between the person shackled and the fire, is a puppet show person who's like show, holding up shadow puppets. Okay. And so... They're holding up these shadow puppets, and that's all the person at the back of the cave sees. And then Plato says if you were to release the person from there, they would find the world incomprehensible. I really think that what's happening, and you can chime in here, Richard, is that people are so focused on their social media, and they think that the people that are on social media or like movie stars for example or uh, these creators of these films and stuff they think that uh, they can say whatever they want in a vacuum and have no consequences and so when people are allowed to just let their crazy thoughts just go um, and be out there on the internet to be seen the thing that happens is they, they do this for A, I think for attention and B, I think they're doing it because they're narcissists and they think that they're just the only... And what social media does, unfortunately, is it creates narcissism. And so people just do whatever they want. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that's kind of what's going on? Yeah, pretty much. But I also think um, it's kind of... Because I've never seen anything like this. No, neither have I. And it just seems to get be getting worse and worse and worse. Especially when it comes to the Star Wars area of fandom. Yeah. Um, it's just gotten so bad. Um it's just like it's it's stifling creativity because people are being so critical on there, and, and it's not just being critical. Like I rant sometimes about <laughs> things 
you know, characters and things that are passionate, I'm passionate about. But at the end of the day, I realize that, you know, these are just imaginary. I'll be, I might be like, yeah, Michael Bay totally screwed this, screwed up the Ninja Turtles, but I'm not like, and Michael Bay should go kill himself. You go kill yourself, <laughs> Michael Bay. Like some yeah, of these what people, is that about? yeah, people do that. And that's the problem. You got like people like they, they didn't like the character Rose in The Force Awakens. No, not Awakens. Um, uh, last uh, Jedi, uh, Last Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. and so, so they like they were telling her to like that actress Mary Tran, I think her Mary name Tran. is, yep. yeah, to like kill herself and things like that, and so she just had to like get off of Twitter completely. Well, remember what happened to um, Leslie Jones? On Leslie Twitter, Jones, yeah, that's where they went after Leslie Jones and started calling her a monkey and stuff like that. Yeah, it was awful stuff. Yeah, I mean, really. But you got like the director. Uh, of uh, uh, the mission, the, la- the last few Mission Impossible movies, mm-hmm. Christopher McQuarrie, he's yeah. like, you know what? Star Wars fandom, current state of Star Wars fandom, has cured me of my desire to make a Star Wars film. That's sad because you know what? He would make a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's kind of getting to that point of like people don't even want to deal with this crap, and you're just like, it's not real. I get that <laughs> you love these things, but it's not real. You don't. You shouldn't like threaten people's life over it uh-uh. no. and it, it and it's just it, they're not it's like they're not even real people <laughs> to to these people that get on the internet it's like oh luke luke skywalker he's real but this this actor or this director they're not real people we'll just trash them and bash them all we want yeah tell them what awful people they are just for writing a fictional character a certain way right so. But I, I honestly think it has to do with that um, that whole, it has to do with social media and this idea of the, the, the allegory of the cave, where people are, they are looking at the back of the cave, which is their phone, basically the cave, the back of the cave is your phone, or your device, or your computer, your screen, where you're looking at something and you're thinking the people on that screen are just shadow people that aren't real, and you can say whatever you want about them, and it's fine. I mean, you know what? I really doubt most of these people, if they had uh, Miss Tran in front of them, would actually say that to her face. No, these people, most of these people, they say it not, anonymously, they're... and they say it where they they can just you know. I mean, it's not even anonymously. I mean, a lot of times their name is on there, sure. unless it's like Reddit or something like that. But but they have but this... they they it's like a disconnect between mm-hmm. reality. It's like, well, I can still say whatever. I'm not actually looking this person in the face. I'll probably never meet them. So, um, so they just put whatever. Yeah, they, they want. just put whatever they want. And this is this is really the the evil side of uh, of social media, um, and you know when you're on social media, be civil. Don't do that kind of stuff because it's just really you're not really doing anything. You want to positive at yeah, all. Yeah, you want to criticize writing or the way a character's being treated or something mm-hmm. that you love. Mm-hmm. I'll do that all day long. I do it. I like to vent. About certain things, <laughs> but I don't don't call them racist names or call them names or tell them to kill themselves or yeah. something like that. It's just come on, those are real people. You see, films are like a films are a a, a collaboration of a bunch of different people. Yeah. It's like thousands of people making these movies. It's not just Rain Wilson. It's not just. You know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people involved. Um, you know, it goes from script, a spec script, 
and an idea to a spec script, and then it gets to in front of a producer, and then it 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 gets greenlighted, and then it finds a director, and then that director changes the script a little bit to fit whatever they have budget needs, and it is just it's an industry that honestly has a lot of people involved, and for you to single out a star who was just cast in a role because you don't like their role. What kind of logic is that? I mean, that's completely I don't know. And then there's the whole body shaming thing that's been going on lately. You know, just like telling an actor that they're too fat or whatever like that. Or, or not gay enough. Or not gay. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> there's that. What's her name? Ruby Rose's cast is bat- mean? past Batwoman. There's like some lesbians and stuff were saying that she was too pretty and that she's, she's, that only, she's not. She's only, she's only mostly gay. Yeah, it said it said that she's not gay and like what is that? I had no idea there was a meter. There was like a measurement for gayness. So I, I was like, that's that's odd. But anyway, she had to. She quit Twitter completely and she disabled comments on her Instagram page because of all this junk. But it's just, um, oh, I I just don't get it. okay. And and aside from like toxic. Okay, so on Star Wars a little bit, again, back, getting back to a little, this isn't basically, this is a little bit of toxic fandom base, but um, they, uh, again, it's like stifling creativity mm-hmm. because now they they have all this backlash online about certain things, and so now act uh, directors and, and writers and stuff are trying to, you know, trying to uh, appeal to the majority's wants and things like that, so mm-hmm. they're kind of altering certain things in the scripts and stuff, and that's really stifling creativity because when you're changing stuff just to please a certain group of people that are whining, mm-hmm. you're not really getting anything new or unexpected. And I honestly don't think Star Wars fans know what they want, really, no. because they're like, The Force no. Awakens comes out, and there's like, oh, this is too much the same. This isn't original at all. And so they come out. So Ryan Johnson makes The Last Jedi, and uh-huh. and everybody's like, oh, this is too different. We don't want this. This isn't like the old Star Wars. It's like, well, well what do you want? You I don't know. want the same. You don't want I honestly different. Think, I honestly think um, we need to go back to not even caring about what the fans think. Sure, yeah, we, we I mean, really do. I hate do. to say that, but I know. Um, we, we probably should go back to that and not worry about it. Because, you know what? These movies are going to make a lot of money. It's not like a Star Wars movie is going to come out and it's not going to do well. Um, now, well, you Solo say, didn't you do You can as say well. Solo didn't do well, but it's still going to do okay. It did okay. It it's didn't n- do as well. It, it's going to make thought. it, but it made money. It, it made, made, oh, money. it made it money. It made money. Okay, so, um, and honestly, uh, I'm one of the people who is an old school Star Wars fan who went to Star Wars when I was a kid. The original Star Wars saw it several times in theaters. And I'm going to say Solo was a great movie. I really loved it. I really absolutely loved it. I thought it was exactly what I needed. Um, didn't have any, like, you know, Jedi in it. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. and it was just scoundrels, you know, which is kind of what, what I loved. Um, and I've heard that, uh, in the new, well, we can talk about the other Star Wars movies and some other podcasts. This is about yeah. fan hate. But, um, man, if you're one of those haters, just get a grip. 
it's, yeah, it's, it's like just a show. Constantly, like, all this stuff. Ruin Johnson is what they've been called. The Star oh. Wars fandom has been calling Ryan Johnson. Ruin Man, Johnson is whatever. what they've dubbed him at. Okay. His damn so It's like, come on. And they're, like, all angry that he's going to be making another trilogy. That he's working on another trilogy so, uh, for them. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm so excited. can I. I like The Last Jedi. I don't care what you think. I loved it. Go on there. You can go online and tell me to kill myself or whatever. I don't care. I thought Luke's death was perfect. Yeah, it was. And he's going to be back. You know he he's going to be back. He's going to be, be a force ghost. Yeah, he's going to be like in the mirror. And he's like, hey, Kylo, you missed a spot. Oh, looks like you got your face with the razor right there. What's that scar? You missed a spot. Actually, it's going to be more like, uh, hey, Kylo, do you... uh? Even have enough beard to shave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, with that, let's talk about um, the next thing we're going to talk about is it's our new segment we're doing on the show. It's called um, Retro Pilot. Retro Review. Pilot Reviews. <laughs> and we're going to look at a, an old pilot from an old TV show and then talk about it. So today we're talking about Cop Rock. Cop Rock. 1990. <laughs> Okay, Richard and I watched a YouTube uh, version of this, which is a really bad cut. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was somebody recorded it on a VCR. Yeah, it's a VCR. Somebody recorded (laughs) it on you know an old VCR, VCR recordable tape, whatever those were called. I don't remember Mm -hmm. the name of them. But anyways, (laughs) and it's just it's really bad quality. But I couldn't find it anywhere else except for this one YouTube video. Other than paying twenty bucks for the whole series on DVD, which I was not going to do. (laughs) No way, no way. Um, Why would you? Well, here's the thing. Some things about this that stick out to me was at the beginning. Okay, basically the premise is it's like a comedy. It's like a a cop drama show. It's a drama. Well, yeah, it's from it's from Stephen Bochco, who was like the big cop drama. Yeah. Guy back in the day made Hill Street Blues and yeah. uh, and uh, so Miami if, PD. That if what Hill was Street Miami Blues, yeah. if Hill Street Blues NYPD was a Blues musical, stuff, yeah, that's what this is. Yeah, um, it, but it, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. No, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm just like, oh gosh. And but you know I, what? Mike Post was the music director on this thing. Who? Mike Post. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was actually it was. Well, Randy Newman actually composed Randy all Newman the, does the. He composed all the music. Yeah, he, he composed all but of it. But the uh, all the incidental music was Mike Post. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I okay. So here's okay. So this got two, like three Emmy nominations. One, two of them. Randy Newman won it. Won. Randy Newman won. Because I mean, they, it's Randy Newman. They threw awards back. All they just throw threw him awards back then. Um, <laughs> But what I was surprised about this was was that Greg Edmondson worked on this. And I was oh, like, wow. Greg Edmondson worked on this car? If you don't know who Greg Edmondson is, I listen to the guy all the time in the car. He did the score for uh, the Uncharted games. Yeah, yeah. And I love those scores for the Uncharted games. They're great. Mm-hmm. So I was like, he worked on this garbage? But I don't know. Apparently this has got like a cult following and stuff. Enough that Shout Factory put out put it out on DVD. I can't believe this has like 20 episodes. I would have thought it wouldn't have made it past like even five. Oh man, so, it's, it is just really bad. But uh, but, but um, <laughs> Let's talk about some of the songs and the lines. Okay, so one of the songs at the beginning of the film they are busting a hole, like a crack house. Yeah, it's a crack house. And these dudes are like there's all these gangs that are like, we own the streets. 
Yeah. We own the streets. Yeah, well, it was rap, and it was like, it was like, they're like, on, it's like, on the, they're like, on these streets, we got the power. On these streets, we got the power. And it's so, it's so absurd because, you know, you just watch this horrifying drug bust. And then, like, they bust his crack house, and there's all these, like, there's, like, a baby gets taken away from his mom, and then all of a sudden, we own the streets. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Then they've got, uh, the next one is, like, then there's some great lines, like, um, where they pull this guy in there, and uh, one of the crack dealers in there, and pull him over, and he's like, and he's like, tell me his name. He's like, and he, like, slams him against the wall and goes, you think this is the principal's office? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> the principal's office. You think this is the principal's office? Uh, and then there's like this really kind of odd line, like when they're in the bathroom and they're just kind of like they just go in the bathroom and they're washing their hands. One guy yeah. looks over and he says, "Hey, you ever get constipated?" <laughs> that one. You, yeah. Is like what? Like the- what? In the it's like it's like he it's like he <laughs> always feel like you got to go, but then you can't. <laughs> that was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, one, um, one of the things about this 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 show was that it starred both Paul McCrane mm. and Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox, yeah, which he was. Both of them were in RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, both of them were. And Ronnie Cox was uh, he was like the police chief in the Beverly Hills mm-hmm. Cop movies. Mm-hmm. Um, then I liked the one. Okay, so there's this scene where like. The lady, there's a lady cop on there, and she's like, I guess attract her partner and her is like attracted to each other. Then he drops her off at home, and she goes in and like this really huge fat guy, and you think he's it's this old fat guy, and you think he's like his his, his like his, her father or something, but it turns out they're like married. Like this really <laughs> young attractive cop is married to this old fat guy, and he goes into this song called "She Chose Me." And he's like, of all the guys, and she chose me. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm not the best looking guy. She chose me. You have a, you have a lovely singing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's about as good as that guy. But, and then there's like this whole jury scene where like, they, it's like, uh, the uh, judge like, jury, uh, how, jury, how do you find the convict? And he and he, and she's and he goes hit it, and they open up like over in the I think it was the stenographer or something mm-hmm. opened up the thing mm-hmm. and they started playing. He says, "There's a piano in there." Yeah, there's a piano in there, and, and <laughs> starts playing it, and he goes, "What do you find?" And it turned into like this gospel choir thing with the, the like the jury was the like jury a, gospel was a gospel choir. choir. Yeah, and it's like he's like, "I'd like to thank the jury." And my wife, and it like cuts over to his wife, and she like gives him, blows him a kiss from the, blows the judge it's a kiss, so and this guy's weird. Why do you please like? And the guy's like, I was abused as a child. <laughs> like, yeah, you you spend this entire thing wondering, okay, is this a cop drama or a comedy? Yeah, it was. Because it was so it's like, bad. It's so. Weird and strange. It's just weird, but it's got like enough of a cult following and demand for it that Shout Factory released uh, a full season for like twenty bucks. I looked around in stores and stuff like vintage stocks. And here's stuff. a tip: if you're going to write a teleplay, right? 
don't drink first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> don't do geez. drugs before you. Then there was like really this weird. whole thing about like the mayor is uh, like meeting some with some shady business guy and they're like got like a case of money to like build this new prison. Like, we're gonna do this quick and cheap. He's like, You want a taste? I got a taste. You want? <laughs> got like this open bag, this open suitcase of money and it's like this green. LED lights inside <laughs> over the money, like lighting it up, and they're like dancing on the table. He's like, it's like, uh, and she's like saying, "Does this make? Does this lying genius us make us any different than the than the gutter rats or the criminals on the streets?" Like, of course it does. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Like you're the one. She's the one. You're the one. She's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, Cop Cop Rock. If you want, it's on YouTube. You can watch the trailer or watch the, pre, the 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 pilot. Completely. Or you can buy the whole DVD on Amazon for twenty bucks if you want to sit through twenty episodes of this garbage. Oh, man. I've man. seen other clips online too of different songs, like one where they're like in the police room and they're, he's like giving out assignments and stuff, and then he's <laughs> he's like, car. Car theft and rape and all this stuff, something like that. He's like, and let's be safe out there. Let's. And he like opens up his podium, and of course there's a piano inside of his podium too. So er, they've just got pianos inside of there's everything in this show. The car. Yeah, it's in the car. It's yeah. in the, it's a uh, yeah. It's a, there's in the piano. interrogation room. Yeah, there's one. pianos everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Uh, I guess that's all the time we have for the show today. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you're going to be a fan, don't be a toxic fan. And uh, check out Cop Rock if you're just, you know, bored and want to laugh. Because it is funny. All right. Until next time, I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots.